you may know and relate to God in a number of different ways. One of the ways that I know and relate to God is knowing and understanding God as a businessman. In today's episode, we are going to break down what that means, what that looks like, and more importantly, how that translates for you and for I to understand and know the business side of God. Let's get into it. You are listening to Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the kingdom man. If you've ever wondered, how can I be the man God created me to be? Or maybe you asked yourself, what purpose does God have for my life? If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. My goal is simple, to help you access the unfair advantage all Christian men have and give you actionable strategies to reach your full potential. My name is Josh Kachadorian. I am a best-selling author, husband, father, disciple, and son of Jesus Christ. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, upgrade into your identity as a kingdom man, and take the territory that God has for you, then it's time to raise the standard. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Raising the Standard, Leadership, Mindset, and Development for the Kingdom Man. As you heard from my opening, there are a number of titles and a number of ways that we as men know, understand, and relate to God our Father. One of those ways that I want to explore today is knowing and understanding God our Father and Jesus as a businessman. So let's rewind and go back through the pages of the Old Testament for just a few moments and talk about the way God first revealed himself to men. If we look through the Old Testament, you are going to discover that there was a progressive unveiling of God revealing himself and his nature to the people of Israel through the pages of scripture over a defined period of time. And what I mean by that, if we look at the names of God and how he describes himself, you will see that every time God shows up to the nation of Israel, his chosen people throughout the Old Testament, he shows up in a particular way. And every time he does, he reveals a new aspect of his character. There are at least over 100 names of God. And each time we see one, each time we understand it, we see another facet and application and get an understanding and a glimpse into the character and the nature of God. I'll give you a quick example. In the Old Testament, we see the Lord referred to as Jehovah, and there's usually a suffix on the end of that. So one of those names is Jehovah Jireh, which is also translated to mean Jehovah, my provider, the Lord will provide. One of the ways that I have come to understand God through the Bible, through Jesus Christ and studying his life is understanding the role and the nature of the business side of God. So guys, what do I mean when I talk about God has a business side? And this may be foreign to you. So in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing out of a specific chapter of my book called The Standard, Discovering Jesus as the Standard for Masculinity. And guys, this might be the chapter 
that I actually get the most comments about. When I gift someone the book, when someone gets the book, when someone starts thumbing through it, I've heard over and over repeatedly that this chapter titled Jesus is a Businessman caught my attention. Guys get excited about it. I get great feedback on it. And it unlocks a new level of understanding and perceiving and seeing Jesus as someone that we can relate to. And we know in the book, The Standard, I break down the life of Jesus as the Son of Man. He was a human. He was sinless. He is the Son of God. He's from everlasting to everlasting, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But the Bible says that he humbled himself. He took on the form of a bond slave. He emptied himself. He limited his power to walk the earth as Son of Man. And we really, throughout this journey in The Standard, we unlock what that means for you and for me, how he's the blueprint and the template for everything that we're supposed to be as we attain to full sonship following the model of Jesus Christ. So guys, I'm gonna get right into it with Jesus is a businessman. I wanna break a few things down to you from the book. And I'm also gonna share something really personal to me because for me to be able to write this and even speak about Jesus as a businessman, it's easy to write about a subject from a distance. It's, um, it's easy to preach a message or talk about something just because you study it and you, you, know, you put the words together and you, you, you did an exegesis or you looked at it and you want to bring forward that truth. And it's certainly beneficial. It's powerful. The word of God is amazing and awesome. Um, but it's even more powerful and it's more personal when you have a personal experience with it. When you actually understand or had an encounter with the Lord in a certain dimension that you want to speak on, I have had that with understanding the business nature of God. And I have not had it in fullness. Uh, there is so much more to understanding God, to walking with him in a relationship. By no means have I entered into the fullness of everything that God has for me. But what I did do is I scratched the surface um, with something the Lord showed me and actually what he revealed to me and spoke to me. And when we talk about business, one of the primary things we look at as business people, whether you're working to build another man's business, whether you're serving yourself as an entrepreneur, or you just find yourself in this place of stewardship, working for another person, working for a corporation, working for a family business. The point I want to make is that all business people are looking for something called an ROI. Because at the heart of the matter, a business person is someone who's invested time, invested resources, and have taken on risk and taken on chances to produce a return on their initial investment. Isn't that the point of business to multiply to have this factor of addition and multiplication take place where you now are taking your one resource and you're multiplying it, you're growing it through a service, through adding value to others. And at the end of the day, it's all about, is this business profitable? If it's not profitable, it's not really a business and you should question if you're still doing it. But the whole point of operating a business is to grow your margin, grow your profit by providing value to other people where you can make an honest living and get that return on your investment. And what I have discovered through the way God speaks to me and what he showed me is that God has a business side. Guys, you probably know what I'm talking about. If you think about this, um, we have different facets and aspects to our personality as well. 
If you ever work for me and for the people that have reported to me at one point or another in their life, they will tell you there is a side of Josh that is extremely fun. There's a side of Josh that is engaging, that's curious. And there's also this other side of me where I am in business mode. I am looking for the return. I am looking for what are we trying to accomplish? What is the goal? Let's not waste time. We don't have time for nonsense and for looking at other things. We have a target, we have to hit it, we have to reach it, and let's go after it and let's get it. And that is my business side. So when I am in business mode, and you probably see this for yourself, when you're in business mode, it's all about hitting the target, reaching the goal, and really sharpening yourself to go after that thing that you're called to do, all for the purpose of getting the result. We have other aspects to our characters as men, you know, as fathers, as husbands, the way we show up. My wife is an entrepreneur. I love working with her. And I can tell there's certain times of the day, you know, we're playful, we have fun, we have awesome conversations. Um, she is a friend. Um, she's awesome. But there's a time when she's working on her business and when I can see she's crunching the numbers, she's placing orders, she's working with her staff and she's doing things there. I know she's in business mode. I know that's not the time that we're gonna get into a big discussion and we're gonna talk about like a family issue. Same thing for me, same thing for you. So there's this business element that we have in our lives where we are down to business and God has a similar aspect in nature in his character as well. And if we look through the scripture, we are gonna find that God is seeking a return on his investment. That's right. I want you to look at yourself this way, that God has made an investment in you. God has made an investment in me and the day is coming. Let me be really clear about this, where he is going to be looking for the return on his investment. And I'm not seeking to eliminate the relational aspect of God. He is our father. That is how I first relate to him. I am his son. That is my core identity. But there will be a day, there will be a reckoning, there will be a time where we will stand before him and he's going to be looking to see what we did with the gifts, the talents, and the skills that he invested and imparted to us. So let's jump into it. I'm gonna be sharing some content from my book, The Standard, out of the chapter called Jesus is a Businessman. And this is an often overlooked attribute. You know, one of the major cornerstones to the economy of ancient Israel, which is the culture that Jesus was immersed in when he walked the earth physically, is that they had an economy of agriculture. And Jesus spoke in the common language. He used metaphors that his listeners would understand. And he just dialogued in ordinary language and in parables that he could break down that they would relate to. He didn't present this high and mighty, this super academic um, description of God, the Father himself, or his kingdom. He spoke in really plain language. He masked some of that language with an invitation to discovery. You do have to be curious. You do have to be a seeker if you want to unlock and understand and fully apply what he's saying. However, he did make it accessible and he spoke in common, ordinary metaphors that his listeners could absolutely grasp and would be totally familiar with. When we look at the culture that Jesus was immersed in, it was no doubt an agrarian culture. It was an agrarian society where most and the majority of the economy of Israel at that time 
was made up of farming. And we can even see this um, very commonly in Jesus's parables when he talks about the parables and he relates these spiritual principles, these kingdom principles in ordinary language and riddles. He's using metaphors that the people of that day would understand. And he's talking a lot about business and agriculture. And as he reveals the parables, we get an aspect of the Lord's character. We get to see Jesus as the businessman, the manager, and the owner. So let's take a closer look at the business side of God. And I'm going to first start off by taking you to Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus is teaching in multiple parables. And within this chapter, there's five parables that Jesus teaches and lays down for the people that are gathered around him in this circumstance. I am not going to read you each and every parable. I am going to encourage you, go to Matthew chapter 13, dig in for yourself. Guys, be a seeker. I'm here to inspire the search. I'm here to encourage. I'm here to motivate. But let's roll up our sleeves and get into the word of God ourselves, okay? So I'm going to give you some teasers and I'm going to lay down some truth for you that you need to understand because you will be called upon one day and you will have to give a, an account for your life, an account for your time. And yes, God is going to want a return on his investment that he made in you and for me. Okay. He wants an ROI. So guys, I'm going to skim through five parables and I'm just going to explain to you the role that Jesus plays in each and every one of these parables. In the parable of the seed and the soil, this is also known as the parable of the sower. There was a farmer who went out and sowed seed, and we have an element of four types of soil. The seed goes into four types of soil. It yields four different results. And the key point I want to drive home now is that Jesus is the farmer that's sowing the seed in this parable. And there is a climactic moment in this parable where there is a harvest and the proprietor, who I believe is God, reaps a return on his investment. That investment is detailed and broken down in three different categories. It says there was a 30, some gave a 60, and some gave a 100-fold above the original investment. So we have a picture of Jesus. We have a picture of the farmer. We have a picture of the Lord who's sowing seed and is expecting a return on his investment. In the parable of the weeds, Jesus is self-described as the son of man in the parable, and he also is represented by the farmer who sows and owns the field. He makes wise and prudent decisions to preserve the integrity of his crop. He is concerned with the harvest and the return on his investment. In the parable of the hidden treasure, Jesus is the investor who purchases the field so he can have the treasure. He invests in the field for the purpose of making a return on his investment. In the parable of the costly pearl, Jesus is the merchant in search of rare pearls with high value. And lastly, in the parable of the fishing net, Jesus is the master fisherman who owns the boat, the net, and is in control of the catch, gathering the good fish into containers and disposing and discarding the bad fish. So we have five different parables right there, all depicting the Lord, all depicting an owner of a business, all depicting 
a return on investment, seeking to extract value from the endeavor and looking to multiply, whether it's the seeds, whether it's the 30, 60, 100 fold return, regardless of what it is, we see a common theme here where the Lord wants a return on his investment. Guys, I'm going to wrap up with one more parable, and then I want to share a personal story with you. In the parable of the Minas, this is Luke chapter 19. It's verses 11 through 27. If you want to go back and look it up on your own, I'm going to give you a high level of it. Jesus tells a story about a nobleman who departs for a journey, and he calls 10 servants and provides them with 10 Minas. And just so you know, a mina is not a small amount of money. A mina was equivalent to about 100 days wages. So if you think about saving up for that engagement ring, you know, that's typically a three-month salary by the world standards. This is over that. This is about 100 days wages over three months of working and getting hard-earned money over that time period. When the king returns, he calls each servant to collect the return on his investment. Listen to the language there. And the first servant has taken the one mina and did a really good thing, made an additional 10 minas. As a reward, the servant is given authority over 10 cities. What an amazing above and beyond return on investment. The servant took the one mina, the one aspect of 100 days of his wage, and multiplied it 10x and produced 10 minas and in return gets rewarded extravagantly with the oversight and the charge over 10 cities. The second servant has taken the one mina and made an additional five minas, a 5x return. ROI is the theme here, guys. As a reward, the servant is given authority over five cities. What an amazing return on investment the servant provides the master and also what an amazing above and beyond reward the servant receives from the master. Okay, guys, and I want to wrap up this parable with the last servant or the last type of person that is represented in this parable. And this is the last servant who returns with one mina. So he's given one mina, he returns one mina, and this is his explanation to the master that's seeking and looking for his return on his investment. For I was afraid of you because you are an exacting man. You take up what you did not lay down and you reap what you did not sow. Sounds like the picture of a master investor, a master businessman. And let's look at how the master bluntly responds to this servant. The master said to him, by your own words, I will judge you, you worthless slave. Did you know that I am an exacting man taking up what I did not lay down and reaping what I did not sow. Then why did you not put my money in the bank and having come, I could have collected it with interest. Then he said to the bystanders, take the mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. And they said to him, master, he has 10 minas already. And I tell you to everyone who has more shall be given. But from the one who does not have even what he does have shall be taken away. But these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slay them in my presence. These are powerful words from a master businessman, from a ruler, from the Lord in this parable that's talking about he's seeking and looking for a return on his investment. Guys, this is the business side of God. 
When you're in business mode, you're not playing games. And God is not playing games when it comes to the investment, the talents, and the stewardship that he entrusts to his sons. So one of the major themes here that I want to drive home when we look at Jesus as businessman is this theme of accountability. Yes, there's a theme of return on investment, and there's also a theme of extreme accountability. This is what a master does. This is what the Lord does. This is what an employer does. This is what a manager does. This is what a good mentor and coach does. They hold you accountable for what you are carrying, for what's been given to you. So guys, this is a moment of self-reflection. And just think about what's been given to you and where will we be held accountable? And I want to make something really clear right now. As we're talking about this theme of ROI, as we're talking about this theme of stewardship, as we're talking about this theme of accountability, um, I don't want to cause any confusion. So let me be really clear on this. I am not talking about salvation. Salvation is freely given and freely received. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. You don't have to invest your minas. You don't have to do spiritual works, physical works. Um, there's nothing actually that you can do to get salvation other than to repent, acknowledge Jesus, and invite him and make him the Lord of your life. However, after salvation, after acceptance of this free gift, we do see through scripture that faith without works is dead. And there will be rewards, crowns, and glory given on the day that we enter into the day of the Lord. And when we stand before him, we will, whether we know him or not, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, and we all will acknowledge him as judge as he looks at the works that we've completed and holds us accountable to what we did with the resources, the talents, the attributes and the skills that he gave us the ability. And this is also combined with the call specifically that's on your life and on my life. And guys, I want to tell you a personal story. A few years ago, you know, I, I have this dream in my heart that I want to do some big things for God, that I want to be used. I want to make myself available wherever I am. And regardless of who's that to, whether it's one person at the gym, whether it's 10 people in a small group, whether it's on the job or if it happens to be from a stage, whether physical or virtual, I want to serve the Lord regardless of where he has me serve and just make myself available to him. And I found myself in this place in life where I wanted more. I wanted to provide more. I wanted to do more for the Lord. And I was unsure of how that is going to manifest. And Lord, what steps can I take? How can I make myself available? And I was just saying, you know, here am I. I'm here, God. You can do what you want with me. And I heard the Lord speak to me very clearly and somberly. And it's exactly what I'm explaining in this episode. It was the business side of God where he said, I want a return on my investment. And I knew immediately what that meant for me because there's been an investment that people have made in my life. There's been encounters with God. There's been vision. There's been dreams imparted. There's been things that I've been carrying for a long time. And I knew there'd be the right time to release it. And I had to start self-evaluating and saying, what does that look like? What is this going to look like for me to give God the return on investment that he's asking for and that he's going to demand from all of us. And the way it looks in my life may look different than the way it looks in your life, but trust me, there is an investment that God's made in you. 
And there's various ways that this investment that God makes in us can show up. Let me give you just a few here. So the investment could be in spiritual truths that are revealed to you. There are certainly divine connections and relationships. And I believe every time you get a divine connection, every time you get a new relationship that you know is a connection in the kingdom and the economy of God, we have to store that. That's not just a passing friend. That's something we have to invest time in. And we have to ask ourselves, am I maximizing that relationship, that proximity that I've been given to the person that's on the other side of this relationship? The return on investment and the investment that God makes in you can also come through your natural skills and abilities. Each of us have a particular bent, a desire, something we are good at. You are good at something that I am most likely not good at. And those natural skills and abilities are something that we are also called to develop for the glory of God. It also can show up as spiritual gifts that are given to edify and build up others. And if we look at what a spiritual gift is, it is for that purpose of building and edifying, which actually means to build others around us. We have motivational and redemptive gifts. These are motivational and encouraging gifts that we can use where we are planted right now. And then some of us have physical and material means and resources that can be used for the glory of God. So guys, that's just a few. That's, that's limited. That list is limited. What is God saying to you? What is that investment that he's made in your life that you can continue to develop? that you can continue to walk out, that you can continue to sow into. So you can take that one mina, that one talent and multiply it. Whether it's five talents or 10 talents, we are charged with giving a return on investment. So this is serious business. There is a business side of God. And I want to encourage you, motivate you and inspire you to seek out what it is that God's placed in your hand, where he's placed you in your life and what steps can you take today to start walking in the direction that he's called you to walk in because the day will come when the Lord will say, I want that return on my investment that I made in you. Until the next episode, guys, let's raise the standard. Hey guys, if you enjoyed today's episode on Jesus is a businessman, that came from the book that I wrote called The Standard, Discovering Jesus as the Standard for Masculinity. You can get the book on Amazon or you can visit the website standard59.com. That's standard, the numbers 59.com, where we go into that chapter in more detail, as well as many other attributes and characteristics of the Son of Man that you and I can apply in our life today. Until the next episode, let's raise the standard.